Here at Just Baseball, we have teamed up with BetMGM for the 2023 MLB season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use code JUSTBASEBALL, and you will get up to a $1,000 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Step number one, download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code JUSTBASEBALL. Step number two, deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. Step number three, you will receive up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your bet loses. Just make sure you use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL when you sign up. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, Washington, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. Call 1-800-522-4700 in Kansas and Nevada. Call 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. Call 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL and get your $1,000 first bet offer today. Monday's Just Baseball show, July 31st or August, I think July 31st. There are 31 days in July. 31 days in July. That's like one of the only months that I know for sure there's 31 days because I know that the August 1st trade deadline is the next day. Shit, at least you knew. I thought it was like August 2nd for some reason because I think the COVID year was like like September 2 or something and then it was August 2 and 21. I don't know. Uh, Jack, Peter... (laughs) Just Baseball Show is presented by BetMGM. We're talking trades. We're literally going to go through the trades that happen over the weekend. We already talked about the Giolito one. We talked about the Fart Noise Rosario for Fart Noise Syndergaard uh, deal between Cleveland and the Dodgers. Uh, so we're going to talk about all the ones that, that went down after that. No Walker Bueller today. That will be released as an additional episode. Bueller having some travel issues. Um, so we couldn't catch him on Sunday night. Uh, you will get that as an additional episode. So yes, Walker Bueller this week, just not for the Monday morning episode. But Peter, as always, brought to you by Bet MGM, the king of sports books. Sign up and deposit into your newly created account using promo code just baseball. Download the Bet MGM sports app on iOS or Android or visit betmgm.com. Place your first bet offer and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if it loses. If the bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once the wager is settled. Remember, gambling problem? Call or text 1 800 Gambler and must be 21 or older. I'm excited to talk to Walker this week, though because the Dodgers themselves made a lot of moves. I want to hear, because I know I saw him hyping up the move, getting Kike Hernandez back to Los Angeles. And of course, he got a couple other guys. Yes. Um, and I know he put out a photo of him and Joe Kelly running out of the bullpen together when they won the World Series in 2020. So yeah, I got to talk about the Dodgers with him, but we're going to talk about the other ones from the weekend. Max Scherzer to Texas, Jaymont to Texas, Jordan Hicks to Toronto, Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly to the Dodgers. We are going to hit that one. Kendall Graveman to Houston, David Robertson to Miami, and Carlos Santana to Milwaukee. But you want to start with the biggest one that nobody's talking about. The biggest fleece of the trade deadline so far is Nicky Lopez for Taylor Hearn. I know it doesn't matter all that much. Nicky Lopez is a middle infielder type, can play a bunch of different positions, known for his defense in the 96th percentile bouts above average this year, and he at least walks a lot. He's got an 11.4% walk rate to go along with his 323 on base percentage, but he's got a 604 OPS. It doesn't really matter much. And Taylor Hearn is more of a spot starter, right? Middle relief guy. 
you know, never truly made it in a rotation, has been bouncing around. But Taylor Hearn was just DFA'd and was available for simply cash a week ago. The Braves picked him up for nothing and then flipped him to the Royals for Nicky Lopez. It's not some no-name prospect. This is a big leaguer. This is a guy who can help the Braves, you know, give Orlando Arce an off day, give Ozzy Albies an off day, and at least get on base at a not horrific clip. This was an absolute fleece, a typical Alex Anthopoulos masterclass. I got fired up because I was like, are the Royals stupid? Unfortunately, I don't want to use that word because they're smarter than I am, but I wouldn't have made that trade. Royals, what are we doing? It's not going to matter much. The impact is minimal, but you lost a trade. I mean, no doubt about it. It was a simple fleece. So does Nicky Lopez have a roster spot is my thing. I don't Probably. know. And you say big leaguer. I say, are we sure? WRC plus last year, you mentioned the walk rate. He didn't walk at all last year. WRC plus last year was 57 that was last year. This is a new Nicky Lopez. Okay, yeah, new Nicky Lopez. You mentioned walking 11% of the time. You would yeah. think that would bump the WRC+, plus, right? Okay. No, 72 WRC+. Plus. He's making improvements. That's he's what AA sees. He's an all-world defender. You think that would bump the war. What do you think his war is? Probably three, four. You think, three. <laughs> honest guess, what do you think he is war-wise right now? He's played 67 games. Zero five. Yeah, zero six. He's one of the better defenders in the middle infield in baseball, and he has a zero point six war. Bring up Taylor Hearn's war. That's Bring hard it up. to do. I, Hearn's Bring is worse. No, you know what? I'm willing. I am willing. I am willing to just have a silent moment on this podcast, so you could click into that little iPad of yours and look up Taylor Hearn's war, because about one war. And I was reading an article in The Athletic, and we're going to talk about the Scherzer stuff, about how much war is equaled out to. So it used to be $8 million, Now it's closer to 9 or $10 million per year. So if Nicky Lopez, over the rest of the season, can accumulate 0.4 war, which is saying a lot for Nicky Lopez, but if he could be close, he's worth about $8 million bucks. Mm-hmm. What is Taylor Hearn worth this year, Jack McBullen? Uh, Def- getting after Nicky Lopez when he's an elite defender, and he's at yeah. least trying his best out there. And now yeah. he's a brave. He's probably going to be awesome. Taylor Hearn owes the teams he's played for about $100,000. Okay, so what are we talking about here? He's got a and negative. The thing is, Taylor Hearn was available for cash a week ago. The Braves yeah. picked him up for nothing and then flipped him for a guy who was .6 war. I bet there are some shitty major leaguers right now who are supposed to be good, who have a 0.6 war. I'm, we, now it's my turn to load up the stats. We are off to a terrible start if we're spending this much time on Nicky Lopez for Taylor Hearn. Yeah, but we got to just, we got to finish the point at least. I'm looking up war totals. God, this is a totally a bit. No, it isn't. I mean, it's this is a, a real thing that happened in Major League Baseball. We're going to jump to the big one next, which is uh, Taylor Hearn's former employer picking up a, a future first ballot Hall of Famer. But do you have the 0.6 F war, guys? No, it's 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 on. Uh, I got to go back some pages. I'll be I'll be honest with you. Uh, okay, so all right, <laughs> Nicky Lopez has double the war of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. this year. All right, that that that's a glitch in the system. <laughs> okay, but that is a fact. He has been better than DJ Lemayhu, than Spencer Torkelson, than Andrew Vaughn, than Jake Cronaworth, Starling Marte, Josh Bell. How about Kyle Schwarber being negative point three four? Which is nuts. I mean, he's been more valuable to the Royals this year than MJ Melendez has. And this right here is why we don't play the game on fan graphs. I'm just saying. He's got a 323 on base percentage. He is an elite defender. He can help out the Braves. You say I think 323 OBP spot. like it's a good thing. It's I mean, not a good thing. Not it's bad. not a good thing. It's not bad. 323, not I'll take 323. It's not average. Uh, the average no, I think that's above average. 320 OBP? I don't think that's average. Ty France is a 320 OBP. You, you think Ty France is good? Ty France is pretty good. Actually, he's been terrible this year, but yeah, he's a pretty good player. Uh, League? Oh, shit. All right. League average OBP, 320. 
So Nicky Lopez, you... slightly above average. Why don't you learn some ball before you come at me about the OBP shit? Hey, he's respectfully, he's, he's above average. respectfully <laughs> shut the fuck up. Let's talk he's about an above average on base guy and an elite defender that they just got for Taylor Hurd they picked up a you week know, ago. I'm end tr- of conversation. I'm trying to be a good coworker. Shut the fuck up. Max Scherzer to Texas. Scherzer and $22.5 million to Texas for Luis Angel Acuna. Ronald's younger brother is now a New York Met. You think they did it for the bit? I know Nicky Lopez is a bit now, but do you think the Mets went and got Acuna's brother for a bit? No, I think they got Luis Angel Acuna because he's an incredibly good prospect. And so John Heyman tweeted out the deal, and I said immediately, because we were talking on the Just Baseball show about how is Chris Young really going to be the guy to trade Ronald Acuna Jr.'s younger brother when he has 42 steals and 47 attempts and he's hitting over 300 and he's can play multiple positions and he doesn't quite impact the ball right he's got a slugging percentage in the 430 ish range but he's still super young and he's filling out and he projects at least the Mets and Billy Epler said they think Luis Angel Acuna is close which I thought was very interesting yeah I mean he's a 120 WRC plus guy in double uh, and he's an incredibly young guy before we really actually, you know what? We can dive into Acuna. And then I do want to dive into what Scherzer, the acquisition means for Texas. Um, Acuna, 84 games hit 315 with an 830 OPS. You mentioned 42 for 47 in the bag department, uh, 25 doubles. He's got seven pumps, a sub 20% K rate. And again, that WRC plus at 121. Luis Angel Acuna, if you look anywhere, he's listed at like 5'8". He's not 5'8". Like, they get those as soon as those guys sign an IFA, and then they don't measure him again until they get to the big leagues. Literally. He's he's a bigger – he's not big, Wait, hold but on. he's not Albies. Before yeah. you finish that, remember when Felix Bautista was 6'4", 180? I think he was like 6'2", 180. Yeah. And he's like 6'7", Tiny. 300 pounds. How much does like. Bautista weigh? Oh, 175 pounds. <laughs> yeah, so that's what we're dealing with when we're talking about 5'8", guys. Yeah, but Acuna is a well-put-together ball player. He's probably in the in the 6-foot range, 6'1 range. And, I mean, he the setup is so similar to Ronald. I get it. You grew up in the same household. <laughs> like, you're going to hit the same. But, I mean, you see it with the upright barrel, and, and it's very similar moves. They're hoping they get a subdued version of Big Bro. And I think that you are getting a subdued version of Big Bro with real staying power at short instead of a right fielder that's bought in 65% of the time. What the Mets did here is they bought prospects. They bought players the last couple of years. Now they're buying prospects. Mm -hmm. You saw that in the Eduardo Escobar deal with Anaheim, and you're seeing it here. And I thought Ryan Finkelstein did a great job kind of putting that thought into written words in an article where he mocked trades between the Mets and the Baltimore Orioles. Same idea applies here, where the Mets eat the money in order to get a better prospect return. If you had Scherzer going on a rental and you still owed him about $20 million this year, you're not getting a Cunha. You're not getting a top 20 prospect in that system. But you got a top five prospect in that system because you ate $22.5 million of Scherzer's deal and Scherzer guaranteed that he's opting in next year. This was a really good job by Billy Epler and credit to Steve Cohen for being willing to eat some of that money on bad decisions in order to stock that farm. Because this system, deal by deal, as they eat more money, is getting a lot better. I agree. And I'm almost willing to say that the Mets won the Max Scherzer deal because, and just let me talk about Max Scherzer for a second. Yeah. Max Scherzer is not the Max Scherzer that we're accustomed to, right? Across the board, right? We're looking at velocity, down a tick. Velocity has been down on all of his pitches this year. And what it's resulted in is the lowest strikeout rate of his career and one of the highest walk rates of his career. He's got a 4.01 ERA and a 3.65 expected ERA. A lot of the pitch data, a lot of the peripherals, are telling us that Max Scherzer is a lot closer to a very good three or a solid two rather than the multiple-time Cy Young Award winner that we're used to with Max Scherzer. And he's very expensive. 
Now, the Mets are going to pay some of that deal. But if we're talking war totals, he's not at one war this season. So he hasn't even been worth the $9 million that's standard with paying per one win above replacement. So the Rangers are still going to pay north of $20 million for Max Scherzer's services. Based on what I'm seeing on Track right now, the Mets are covering all 43.3 that Scherzer's owed this year. I guess, you know, you could have the Mets cover what, you know, they paid him when he was on the roster, and then you'll have the Rangers cover the remaining $20 million. But it looks like the Rangers will pay 22.5, and the Mets will pay the remainder in 2024 because Scherzer exercised that player option. So he's in. So if you want to look at it, from cash alone, the Mets are covering 22 and a half of the 43 that the Rangers would owe Max Scherzer in 2024. So you're getting Scherzer for, I don't know, 20 ish million dollars. 20 ish million dollars for all of next season, the playoff run, season. and the next two months. Is that yes. what you're saying? Yes. Okay. So. That is about what he's worth right now, which I think the Rangers told the Mets being like, just because you guys overpaid doesn't mean we have to. Now, when I say I think they might have won the deal is it's very specific circumstances and it's within a vacuum, right? Knowing that Steve Cohen doesn't care about money, so he's not working within the same constraints of other owners and knowing that I'm a big believer in Luis Angel Acuna. I've seen comps similar to Ozzy Albies. I'm curious about your thoughts on that comp, but I think he has a little bit more speed. I don't see Ozzy Albies stealing 40-plus bags in the well, minor and, leagues. And less juice. Albies is like a 30-homer threat. Acuna is not that. But I think Luis Angel Acuna might have better bat-to-ball. We'll see. Albies has tremendous bat-to-ball. 260 hitter. Yeah, but I mean, bad to ball. I think K rate when I think bad to ball, like that guy's not going to get himself out. Um, so maybe it, that's not the best comp. That's just what I saw, and I wanted to bring it to you. Yeah, no, I, I, I think you're looking at a guy that can be a 15 to 20 homer threat, can steal 30 to 35 bags, and can hit 280 at the major league level, which is an incredible player and a fringe all star every single year. So. Like, no, he's not Bobby Witt Jr. level ceiling where you're turning around 102 and hitting a walk-off grand slam on that, which, by the way, holy shit, that swing. I don't know how that happens. Um, but he's no slouch by any stretch. Um, I, I think that he's probably a bit more dynamic than Albies is, but Albies was like 35 and 100. Luis Angel Acuna is just never going to be 35 and 100. So if he is that player... Let's say he's even a little bit less. Let's say he's three wins per year mm -hmm. because I think he could play good defense in multiple positions. Yeah, I I know where you're going with this. And, you know, it, it's a lot like the Araldis Chapman for Glaber Torres thing um, where you, you look at Glaber Torres. You, hell, a lot of people probably looked at Glaber the same way that they're looking at Luis Angel Acuna right now. And, and you would say, oh, like in the long term, for sure, the Yankees are going to win that deal. Cubs got done what they needed to do. They won the World Series. So I think it's it's too early to put a grade on it. Um, I think if Scherzer wins them a couple games in the postseason and puts them in a good position to get to the American League Championship Series, to get to the World Series and to win a World Series, then it's it's a job well done by Texas. No, I agree. Texas did what they had to do. They yeah. have a surplus of tons of minor leaguers and they were in a position where they could say, yes, Luis Angel Acuna might be one of the better prospects in any other system, but for us, we're able to deal them. The also, point I'm trying to make is... Well, also, okay. real quick, think about they're paying Seager for another decade. They're oh, paying yeah. Semyon for another six years. And they're and Josh Young's in his rookie year. He's got five more years of team control after this. And then if you were to move him to center or something, you got Ezekiel Duran and Leody Tavares. And, and Adolis. Like, dude. And Adolis. And yeah. Evan Carter coming yeah. down the chute. And Wyatt exactly. Langford's coming. Like, it, there's so they much. They don't need him. But no. what I am saying is, and the main point of why I'm saying, I think maybe long-term the Mets will win this deal is because I'm worried about Scherzer. 
This simply does not look like the same Scherzer that we are used to. So when you say, well, if he can win them a couple of playoff games, I think they're going to out have to out-hit the other team because the story of Max Scherzer last year, you could even say the year before, slowed down in the playoffs. Fatigue thing. Didn't have his best stuff. And this is showing now. We're not at August yet. We're only a couple days or we're a day behind August, but he's got two more months of this and then a playoff run. I'm very interested to see how his arm holds up. So the Rangers just made a big splash, right? You get Max Scherzer. It's a big name. But the Mets did really well here. Like Mets fans, don't hang your hats. This isn't a Billy Epler disaster class. He got a great prospect and considering that Steve Cohen seems to be totally fine shelving out the money and they even called it not a rebuild a repurposing which I'm not exactly sure what that means or reading about it it's like they're allocating funds to different places they're not exactly rebuilding which no. I find the language to be very interesting, but I still think the Mets did very well in the Scherzer deal. Cause I, I think they know that rebuild is a curse word and they can't call it a rebuild in New York because if they did call it rebuild in New York, they would be burned at the stake. And I think oh, I that a lot of Mets fans are already ready to burn this front office at the stake, but yeah, I think it's like high five for Steve Cohen for being willing to eat the money to go get better prospects and high five to Billy Epler for IDing a really solid guy. Texas kept on moving, man. Jordan Montgomery and Chris Stratton. Montgomery, you know, obviously with St. Louis. Chris Stratton, a, a right-handed reliever for St. Louis. For TK Roby, Thomas Sejazi, and John King. John King, noted CNN political anchor. He is a wizard with the map. Um, also happens to be a left-handed pitcher that is I, kind of a whole bunch of nothing. This felt like a throw-in, unfortunately. No <laughs> offense to John King. Um, Thomas Sejazi. Fifth round pick in 2020. He's 21 years old. He spent the entire year in double A. Hitting 314. He's got a 133 WRC plus. He hit over 300 last year. 15 homers last year. 15 more homers this year. And then they went and got TK Roby. And Roby, while the ERA may not be that inviting, you got to know that you're getting some crazy stuff from TK Roby. You're getting an electric fastball, mid-90s, 94 to 96. He's a true overhand guy. And with how vertical he attacks, with how upright he attacks, fastball carries like crazy. And he's got a curveball instead of a slider that is very vertical. It's 12-6-ish, but it's tighter than most loopy 12-6 curveballs. So this is a guy, think about... Think about the attack that Karen Chak had, like good version of Karen Chak. Obviously, he's not this level, but TK Roby is a starting pitcher that kind of comes from that angle where he's got that vertical hammer curveball and he's got a fastball that plays well top of the zone. This was a really good return for St. Louis, but Texas got their guys in Jay Mott and Stratton. It's funny. Would I rather have Jordan Montgomery moving forward this season or Max Scherzer? And my answer might be Jordan Montgomery. Jordan Montgomery, when you when you go on the Google machine and you search up solid, that's what you get with Jordan Montgomery. Three straight years, three eight three ERA, three four eight ERA, and he's got a three four two ERA this year. His stats are never going to jump off the table. His peripherals are never going to scream, "Wow, this guy is going to keep getting better and better." But he does a couple of things very well. He throws a lot of strikes. He limits hard contact, below average hard hit rate throughout really his entire career has always been in the 60th percentile or above, and he keeps the ball on the ground. So you know what you're going to get from Jordan Montgomery. He is a quality start waiting to happen. I know he's going to be a free agent after the season, which makes the return that much bigger, right? Yeah. The fact that they got that much for basically a rental pitcher, I think goes to show you what the market thought of Jordan Montgomery as a guy who you can lay your head on the pillow at night. And I always say this a lot, but I say it about a few guys and Jordan Montgomery fits the bill. 
Max Scherzer doesn't. Max Scherzer doesn't. You're driving a knife into my chest every time you say that because while the ERA looks better for Montgomery and Montgomery has been way more reliable than Scherzer has this year, you get to October, you want to hand the ball to Jamon or Max Scherzer? It's just I've seen what Max Scherzer's arm becomes at the end of seasons. And I don't know if I want to fully get involved in that. Yeah, but I want a Hall of Famer and one of the craziest fucking competitors on the face of the earth. Yeah, and that sounds great. But I'm sure we wanted him last year and then look at him. And then he's already doing that this year. I totally understand what you're saying, though. It's Max Scherzer. If he has his stuff, if his arm feels good on that day, he's going to do Max Scherzer things and dominate. I'm just saying from what I've seen from him this season, velocity down across the board, lowest strikeout rate of his career, highest walk rate, four ERA, three, six, five expected ERA. The other peripherals say the same thing. This is not the same guy. And he's not exactly trending in this incredible direction. I think as the season gets longer and then we get in the playoffs and he's forced to throw all these innings, his arms He's 39 years old. Jordan Montgomery's 30s, right in the prime of his career. Until his arm falls off, I'm just going to say I'm going with Max Scherzer because he's Max Scherzer. And Unfortunately. Fine. So, um, yeah, man, I mean, think about what St. Louis did last deadline when they were buyers. Yes, they got Montgomery from New York, but they also got Jose Quintana. They got Quintana and they got Chris Stratton. Do you remember what the return was that went to Pittsburgh? Yeah, we were just going over it. It was, um, uh, now I forget, on the spot. It was Johan Oviedo. Yep. And Malcolm Nunez. Yes. Nunez is in the 15 to 20 range in the Pirate system. Pirate system is really good. Johan Oviedo is a starter moving forward for the Pittsburgh Pirates. That was a guy that was very successful as a reliever in the big leagues. He was you know, kind of working through some stuff as a starter in AAA. They went, they went and got him. And all of a sudden they found a piece moving forward. I think in a year or two, we could be looking at a healthy TK Roby and saying, damn, like they got him for a couple months of Montgomery and Chris Stratton. But yeah, man, like that's the price of a really good starter. That's the price of a three, four ERA guy. And like you're mentioning a walking quality start so far this year. So yeah, I, I'm with you. This was a big return. Um, and, and Sejazi was a big pickup here too. But that's the price of Jordan Montgomery, especially in a seller's market. Exactly. And I just to go back to your point, the Cardinals did really well here, right? We're talking about all these big fish leaving, and it's from teams who didn't expect to be selling at all come the deadline. And teams who don't normally sell, right? When's the last time the Cardinals were selling off big-time pieces? Never. When's the last time the Mets? Eh. The Mets, at least in the Steve Cohen era, they never thought they'd be selling for the next decade. Yeah. But just going back to Max Scherzer for a little bit, because I was just looking into him, because I've watched him so many times this year, and I'm just left disappointed, I felt like, with every start. So run values by pitch type, Right. So how well are they hitting off specific pitches? In 2021, when he was with the Dodgers, 18 run value against the four-seamer, 12 run value against the slider. Absolutely elite numbers. In 2022, 13 run value against the four-seamer, 18 run value against the slider. Again, elite numbers. This season, four run value against the four-seamer, Negative one against the slider. You go through all of his different pitches. His four-seamer and his cutter by run value have been his best pitches. He's got the lowest ground ball rate of his career. That cutter and that fastball are down in velocity, and I don't think they're going to increase as the season goes along. I'm a little bit worried about Max Scherzer is all I'm saying. That's why I wanted to come in saying I think the Mets won the deal because – if I am the Mets and I'm committing to this repurposing, I love the return of Luis Angel Acuna and the Cardinals. What they gave up and got back was a lot, but I think the Jordan Montgomery move is actually going to prove to be the more impactful arm for Texas moving forward. 
And the Rangers got both of them, which is really cool. And they have created depth after Jacob deGrom went down and you got Yavaldi hitting the IL with a forearm strain, which oof, I hope it's all okay. But the fact that you just lengthen that rotation and even with Yavaldi, if he's out for the next month, if you run out during the month of August, Scherzer, Montgomery, uh, Dunning, John Gray, Martin Perez, you can survive. And I think that they just found a couple of survival pieces to make them continue to look like one of the best teams in the American League. Yeah, this was just one more point. This was a team that absolutely needed starting pitching. And they got 25th in ERA, 29th in F war last 30 days going into the trade deadline. They were playing around 500 ball this past month. They needed starters because they've been going with guys like Cody Bradford and Martin Perez. I mean, he can't make starts for them down the stretch anymore. Andrew Heaney, you never really know what you're going to get. The Rangers won that game 13 to five against the Astros. Wasn't really because of Heaney. It was because the Rangers scored 13 runs. Nady Evaldi goes on the IL due to a forearm strain, and people are still unsure if he's going to be back before the playoffs, right? I think he will be, but still, you're going to be without him for at least a couple of weeks, maybe more. They needed to make these moves, and they got it done. And why we talk about the Rangers being in such a good position is because they still have so many good prospects that they didn't even touch. Yeah, no, they are building for the future and they saw a window to attack this year and they're really attacking it. Uh, Moving forward, quick conversation before we get into Jordan Hicks about our friends at homage, Uh, great stuff that homage has given us. You mentioned your Keith Comstock shirt. Uh, I've mentioned my Expos hoodie and my white Sox shirt. We've got a deal running with Homage right now. Use promo code JUSTBASEBALL20 on Homage.com, H-O-M-A-G-E, through August 7th. So you have all week long to get your gear from Homage. Incredibly soft, yes, but the designs are just flat out cool. And we've got great stuff going on with them. Just Baseball 20, all caps, Just Baseball 2-0. We'll get you 20% off your entire order with no minimum spend required. You buy a shirt, you get 20% off. It will not stack with other site-wide promotions. Um, It's available to new customers only, limited one use per customer. And again, offer ends on August 7th. So go get your homage stuff. Cool? Cool. They're great shirts. Go get one. Not even just to support us. Support yourself. They're great shirts. Moving to Toronto. Toronto got better in the bullpen, especially with Jordan Romano hitting the IL with a lower back issue. It was really hard to watch Romano walk off the hill this weekend because it yeah. was so ginger and his back was obviously so tight. They got Jordan Hicks from St. Louis for Semro Burst, who we saw throw in the Futures game, and Adam Kloffenstein. Real quick on Semro Burst, kind of funky arm slot. He's from the Netherlands. Um you know, lanky guy, low four ZRA in double. They could send him either to Memphis or send him to Springfield, keep him in double. Uh, and then Adam Kloffenstein, short season, short season in 2019, this arm, he was low twos in Vancouver. Then post-COVID, he really struggled in high A in 21. He really struggled in double A last year. He's repeating double, and he's kind of found his footing there in a low threes. Um, decent get really this is just toronto going to get a guy on an expiring deal to help them in the back of that bullpen and they needed it bad with romano hitting the shelf i'm really excited about jordan hicks on the blue jays i think it was a great get because you go to jordan hicks's savant page or wherever you look and you see a 12.7 percent walk rate and it's a little scary especially for a reliever you never want him walking that much but the good thing is he's striking out a career high amount of batters at 31.2%. His previous high was 2019 where he barely threw anything, but the most data we have is from 2021, 2018, 2022, where his strikeout rate was in the mid-20-ish percents. Now it's at 31.2%. He's not allowing a lot of hard contact. Expected ERA is lower than his ERA. But the main thing is his command, which is the big issue with Jordan Hicks, is getting better month after month. In April, walk rate was 16-ish percent. May, very similar. Last couple of months, 8%. So he's cut that in half. The stuff is still electric. 
And he's a guy with career saves under his belt. So if you need to throw him in the ninth inning in order to lock down a win, he can do that. But the Blue Jays, they have a really good bullpen, right? Eric Swanson, Yimi Garcia, Tim Meza, Jay Jackson has a 0-5-3 RA. The 35-year-old has been a stud. Hennessy's Cabrera looks awesome after he got DFA'd. I bet against him. There was a start where I forget, I think it was the Dodgers, where the Dodgers ended up winning. And I was like, Hennessy's Cabrera is available after he pitched the day before. Blue Jays fans are about to see what Hennessy's Cabrera looks like on a back-to-back. Shoved. I was like, damn it, I look like a moron. But Hennessy's Cabrera has been great for the Blue Jays again. So you had Jordan Hicks to the fold. Let Romano rest his back, rest up for the playoffs. And they have maybe the best bullpen that we're going to see in the playoffs. I think it's that good. By a lot of these ERA estimators, Sierra expected ERA, they're, they're one or two. They have been phenomenal. And they had another really good arm who's trending really well right now. Who, who's the other one? Is it Houston? Yeah. Yeah. They're like, good. They're <laughs> so good. Yeah, they're they're pretty Brian good. Brian Presley is I <laughs> devil magic going on. And Brian Abreu is kind of my guy. And Rafael Montero is great. Rafael Montero is the perfect example of why you don't pay relievers. You gave Montero, what's Montero making? Is he making $10 million this year? He might be making. I think it's more. I think it's three for 40. That's insane. And he's got a a six. He's a DFA candidate. He's a $40 million deal. Yeah, it's not ideal. It's absolutely not ideal. Nuts. Um, Yeah, so Hicks to Toronto for Semero Burson, Adam Kloffenstein. Um, The Dodgers, we're going to talk about this one. We're going to get deeper into it with Walker Buehler on the additional episode that will come out. But just our take on it, uh, Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly, the tandem to the Dodgers for Trace Thompson, who makes his third tour of duty with the White Sox. Nick Nostrini, really talented double-A arm. And Jordan Leisure, who's a high strikeout reliever, Nestrini was probably three on the pecking order in that Tulsa Drillers rotation that I'm sure you've heard Arm talk about. Double-A affiliate for the Dodgers this year was unfreaking believable Emmett Sheehan was the best one there. Um, but after that, you had Nick Frasso, who was rocking a sub-two for a while. Kyle Hurt was great. Um, Landon Knack was still there. But uh, you had Nestrini as well. Uh, River Ryan, I think, was there as well. Um, but Nestrini, man, like... Yes, he can struggle with command at times, and that in turn can burn him. But Nestrini's got some great stuff. He becomes the second best pitching prospect in the Sox system after Noah Schultz. Good get for the worst qualified ERA in baseball and a $9 million reliever who, yes, throws 100, but has really struggled to get outs. Really struggled to get outs this year. Now, a lot of those ERA estimators would point to Joe Kelly being a lot better. Yeah, We'll see. They would say the same thing about Lance Lynn, and then he gives up seven runs at a start. So we're still waiting on those X stats to kick in. But what I will say is the Dodgers probably looked at that and said, if they come over here, maybe there's a little bit of that bounce back factor because Joe Kelly with the Dodgers. Joe Kelly in big moments. Yeah. And Kelly in like big moments, high leverage moments. He just got out of one this weekend. He can turn it up. So maybe that's what they're looking at. It just seems like. They're they got Lance Lynn to just fill innings. Yeah. Right. All we need from you is six innings, four runs, and we're going to hope our offense comes to play because they've been bit by the injury bug. You could make the argument that Bobby Miller has been their best pitcher this season. I mean, you would say Clayton Kershaw, but of course he's on the shelf right now. Yeah. And we still don't know exactly his timetable to return. They need pitching. They got Lynn, who was going to eat innings, and there's some upside there based on the numbers. And the same thing goes with Joe Kelly. But I wouldn't exactly want Lance Lynn or Joe Kelly on my team. Let's be honest. All of those guys on the shelf are going to magically respawn in the Dodger rotation by October 1. Like, Kershaw is going to be in the rotation. Fucking Walker Bueller is going to be in the rotation like, it, we know all those guys are going to be throwing in October. Like, that's just I, how the Dodgers work. I literally think they got Lance Lynn to fill innings until then because I don't think he makes their postseason rotation. Well, and and here's the other thing. He might not make the postseason roster. <laughs> um, I, yeah. No, I agree. Here's the other thing, too. Who's going to catch him? Like, the Diamondbacks are not playing good baseball right now. Are the Giants, Giants going to catch him? 
sliding. No, well, I mean, they won a series against the Red Sox this past uh, weekend, but Giants fans, come on. It's not like you played well. I yeah, watched like, the series. Come on. It was, think, it was a bunch of garbage. <laughs> think internally. Like, is there anybody that's going to contend with the LA Dodgers in the NFL? No. The that's why they got Lance Lynn to fill innings because yeah. all they need, just keep us in the game. Yep. You could do that, maybe. <laughs> I don't even know if you can. I think you can. Yeah, Trace is fun, but Nestrini was the headliner, and Nestrini can be a part of the big league rotation. But, but as a White Sox fan, are you happy? Yeah, I think Rick Hahn is doing a really good job. Yeah, I, okay, I do. Obviously, he hasn't done a great job over the last several seasons. And yeah, I mean, they've been hit harder by the injury thing than like anybody over the last several years. So we want to make fun of them, and I'm totally for making fun of them. But it's really hard when you know that Eloy Jimenez can hit 40 homers, but he just doesn't play enough to put himself in the position to possibly do it if he was and, good. And nobody will even take Tim Anderson. I don't think they thought that Tim Anderson would probably be How could the you? worst player. How could, How could you? you? You think like, Andrew Vaughn's going to take the next step up? You hope Moncada. I don't gives- fault them one bit for anything they've done. It's been an injury issue, and they had a bunch of, it seems, clashing personalities, and there was yeah. just never cohesion. Um, you can so, blame him for never actually finding a manager. Yeah, I, I could absolutely do that, but I'm going to give him credit for having a really good seller's deadline so far, and there are more pieces to sell. Um, another one is Kendall Graveman, who the White Sox just gave to Houston to continue to fortify that bullpen. And Graveman was kind of a breath of fresh air for the White Sox because he was consistently solid. Um, They got Corey Lee in return. Corey Lee, former first round catcher at a Cal Berkeley had a ton of prospect intrigue right away and just hasn't figured it out in the upper levels of the minor leagues. Corey Lee can catch if they figure out a, a, trade partner for Yasmani Grandal like you'll probably see Corey Lee catch the majority of games down the stretch if Grandal's off the roster um but this was hey let's go get Corey Lee I think you can flip Lee for a pitcher this offseason team needs a catcher team needs a backup catcher here's Corey Lee give me two relievers I, I think it's that kind of thing so it's it's almost an IOU for White Sox fans did they kind of trade Kendall Graveman for a young Reese McGuire yeah. yeah. Yes. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. I mean, <laughs> like okay. maybe a little get bit fired up. White Sox prospect man. intrigue. Like he'll met you more than Jake Diekman, I think. Okay. We're cool. adding. <laughs> We're adding. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I mean, Kendall Graven's going to make an already great Astros pen even better. But the Astros, I mean, you're seeing what Texas is doing. You have to go get Eduardo Rodriguez. You have to add starting pitching. The Rangers and the Astros both needed starting pitching. Whatever you want to say about Max Scherzer, and I've already said it, it's still Max Scherzer. Jordan Montgomery, I love Jordan Montgomery. They haven't added anybody. And we're seeing what the Rays just did to Brandon Belak. I mean, come on, let's be real here. Right now, I think Astros fans are confident in one guy, and that's Framber Valdez, who hasn't exactly been pitching amazing either lately and over the full season he's been awesome yeah but there's some there's some there's a little bit of warning signs there christian javier has not been the same guy even though six innings three runs we were like happy about that no it's go for balls out the ass for javier yeah yeah this is christian javier this is what this is what astros gm dana brown said on the pregame show uh on the radio side ahead of sunday's game Quote, we would like to do a couple of more things if we could, if it makes sense price tag wise. I really wouldn't want to give up the farm because we still have to have sustainable winning here. If there's a deal that makes sense, maybe improving the back end of our bullpen a little bit more, dot, dot, dot. Our guys are a little taxed. We've had some starters that went down. So if we can improve in that area, that would be outstanding. Right now, we're not in the market for a starter. But if something becomes available that makes sense, we may jump on it. What that tells me, A, it could just be total smoke. And I think it probably is because he's on a pregame radio show and he's not going to lay out the master plan. But what that tells me is they were in uncontrollable starters. That market got a little crazy and a little expensive. And they don't need the rental market because Urquidy is coming back. It sounds like next week, maybe end of this week. Does that do anything for you? No. Not really. But Hunter Brown looks like the goods, man. Yeah. It hasn't been great, though. It's been good. 
he just puts, I, and I know the Rays are struggling, but he threw into the seventh and I mean, the Rays were shut out through six. Like, yeah, no, he's good. But is he starting game two right now? Probably. And Javier starting game three, uh, like you're not phasing Javier out of the postseason rotation. No, you're, you're not, not going to do it. No, you're not. But you do need another starting pitcher. I think uh, that's what I'm saying. The Rangers just added Max Scherzer and Jordan Montgomery. They can hit with you. They defend better than you. They added to roll this Chapman. They're probably going to add more. Chris yeah. Young's a madman, and I love it. Like when I say, "Oh, like maybe he lost it." Does he didn't give a fuck? Luis Angel Acuna can go. I, he's getting Max Scherzer. We're winning right now. We have Corey Seager. We have Marcus Semien. Everybody is firing on all cylinders. This is the window we're going right now. The Astros, dare I say, that quote, which could be a complete smokescreen, but if he meant it, sounds a little cocky. We've been here before. We could it, beat them. We beat them when we play them. Sounds a little cocky to me. I didn't get cocky. I got conservative. Um, Maybe. Sounds a little cocky to me. We don't need a starter. We got our Keedy coming back in a week. Are you kidding? Yeah. And maybe they are that good. But I'm saying if they don't make a big move for a starter, they're going to feel it in the playoffs. They are. Aside, Especially if healthy, they're going to feel it. Aside from Erod, who are the other options? There's your option. Go get them. Can you propose some alternate plans? Like, I thought Cease made a ton of sense. Well, the Yankees are getting destroyed on Sunday Night Baseball. Can I interest them in Luis Severino? <laughs> no. They would never do that in a million years. I don't know, but the Yankees need to sell. How about Clark Schmidt? Sure. Yeah. G- give me Clark Schmidt. Is Clark Schmidt a good game? No, Clark, Clark Schmidt's been like star? the second best pitcher on the Yankees this season. Yeah, well, because Rodon hasn't been available. Yeah, Rodon looked good in his last start. Yeah. Um, the other options they could potentially get. No, it's thin. It's thin. I'm not going to sugarcoat Especially it. with it Stroman coming off the market now. If Belly's off the market, Stroman's off the market. We I just mean, I wonder what well the now. Giants are going to do. Like, do they need Alex Wood? I I think so because they're in this NL wild card chase. That yeah. with how good the American League wild card chase is, the National League wild card chase sucks. It's kind of boring. Uh, well, it's not boring because all these teams are yeah, right in it with each other. They but all love all, shooting all got, themselves in the foot. I know they're they all got their problems. It's like we watching this highly competitive baseball. It's just. Do, do any of you guys want to win? Like the Phillies are actively well, trying to lose to the Pirates. So the Marlins want to win every game one nothing from here on out. They in turn got better at that by getting David Robertson for Ronald Hernandez and Marco Vargas. Two DSL guys. I think Marco Vargas has made his way to the complex. I know Arm really likes Marco Vargas. So, you know, could have been could have been a Mets fleece here. Um, it might have been an overpay, but Miami just got David Robertson and Jorge Lopez in the span of a week to work with Scott Puck. If Puck regains his form, like that's a really solid back of the bullpen. It is really solid. Brazabon in there too. Yeah. I mean, that that's a really good five because Robertson, you know, I would have him closing games over AJ Puck right now. Yeah. Right. Puck has been really, really up and down the season. Started out great, has really hit a slide. He has its moments recently but still it just hasn't looked like the same guy but you know what i really want to commend steve cohen right i think people in his position ton of money you made all these promises would feed into the ego a little bit and say no we're not selling we can still make it this team is still good and I was reading something in Athletic. They they made a really good point. It was from a book written about Steve Cohen. What Steve Cohen was really good at in the financial markets was cutting his losses, not letting emotion get involved in his trades. When his stock is going bad, he sells it, right? He's not an ego guy. He's not like, no, this this will continue. I knew it at the beginning. Same thing he's doing here with the Mets. He saw the writing on the on the wall. He saw it, and he said, it's time to go. It's time to sell. And Verlander might be on the move. Pete Alonzo might be on the move. No shot. That. No way. He's got a year left on his where'd contract. Where do you see that? 
right in the same article that I was reading about Verlander on the athletic. No way. No chance. If they move Pete Alonso, Rome has fallen. I agree. And maybe it has fallen. Dude, you should have hear, you should have heard the post game inter- you should have heard the post game interviews when they were talking to Mets guys about the Scherzer deal. Every single person in the locker room, the same word came up. Shocked. They may make some more shocking moves. Are they planning on re-signing Pete Alonso for a crazy big deal? They better they want to cash in on a big prospect. Oh, no, they better re-sign Pete Alonso has been not good for them this year. Objectively, Pete Alonso is like two ten. Pete Alonso is a New York Met moving forward. I don't care okay. what anybody says. And I'm just saying that's being floated, and all I'm saying is I wouldn't be surprised. Pete Were Alonso. we ever talking about that Max Scherzer was going to be on the move before he got traded? That didn't come up in our rumor mill. Okay. And they traded him. Bad year for Pete Alonso, yeah? No, I, what am I saying? No, no, no. Do you think that I that think Pete Alonso is bad? No, no, no. You said yeah. this is he's not playing well for the Mets right now. You said he's hitting 210. Exactly. He's hitting 217, but he's got an 820 OPS, which is 50 points lower than his career average, but that's a 124 OPS plus. He still has 30 homers and 73 driven in. If this is what a bad year looks like for Pete Alonso, I'm handing him $200 million. You might, and they might I would. want to trade him. I will. I'll call Steve Cohen. Somebody get me his number. I'll say, you fucking moron. If you trade Pete Alonso, that's a problem. It might be a problem. I'm just, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just delivering mail. I'm okay. the postman. You yeah, can react to the mail as I'm shooting like. the messenger. I'm literally shooting the messenger, which is fair. I would not trade Pete Alonso. Putting that out there right now, I would not trade Pete Alonso. I'm just saying, if Steve Cohen's mind is set on getting back as many prospects as humanly possible, it, well, Alonso's the guy to move. If that's the, team, the case, he sees the team. He was like, "I'm going to deliver a World Series in five years." and the guys on the field are not performing up to that, he may say, I'm not emotionally attached to any of you. If I can get big-time prospects, I'm going to get big-time prospects. I kind of wish the Yankees would do that. Sometimes they need to look at the team and be like, the guys on the field, this does not work. Maybe Pete Alonso in his own self is a great player, but maybe him in the lineup isn't going to work for us long-term. And maybe they send him out for an enormous package. They get back tons of prospects and then go right back up again. Right. They have Mark Vientos. I'm just trying to rationalize why that rumor would be in there. And I get it. Would I do it? Absolutely not. Do I get it? I do get it. I don't, I don't get it. You clamor for guys like Pete Alonso. Do you know how hard it is to find a first base, a guy in your lineup that is, penciled in for 30 to 30 30 to 40 pumps and 100 driven in every year how many of those guys do we have in baseball right now we've got aaron judge we've got matt olson olson's in that conversation you've got rafi devers vladdy vladdy um i mean we could go through each individual we're gonna be here all day there are more than you might expect are there i don't think there are 10 30 and 100. 30 and 100, like every year. Every year? No, the consistency of Pete Alonso is what makes him so Pete, incredible. Pete Alonso has played five big league seasons. His 162-game average is 46 homers and 117 driven in. You cannot trade him. You can trade Juan Soto if you're the Nationals because you're going absolutely nowhere. You're not moving Francisco Lindor. You're not moving Brandon Nimmo. You're not moving Kodai Sang. Like, you have good. But those are all players. new deals. Those are all new deals. That's yeah, what I'm so saying. Get Alonso on a new one. I, got, I agree I got with worked you. Up. I'm sorry. I agree with you. No, don't be sorry. I love when you get worked up. <laughs> okay. I get fired up too. I get fired up three or four times an episode. Yeah. You get fired up once a month. What I'm saying is, I understand. If Steve Cohen is looking at this team and saying, I am not emotionally attached to any of you. This is a numbers game. The numbers aren't adding up. If we can get an enormous package for Pete Alonso, I would listen. That's why I think his name is in the rumor mill. And also his contract is up soon. If you're 
a most- and they haven't extended him. Yeah, I they know. Haven't. Why not? I know. Why they I- extend him after last season? It might be the Freddie Freeman conversation. Like, hey, everybody got burned on the Freddie Freeman thing. Everybody. But I don't need to get out in front of this one because I think if Steve Cohen says I'm not emotionally attached to any one of you, it's like the SpongeBob scene where Mr. Krabs tells everybody to get out when they're shooting the commercial. And then the clown starts walking away and he says, no, not you. You stay. If Steve Cohen said you all can get out of my face, I don't have any feelings of fandom towards any one of you. And Pete Alonso starts walking away. He's going to point to Pete Alonso and be like, not you. You stay. The thing is, Steve Cohen is a Mets fan on top of being the owner of the Mets. And I'm sure Mets fans are saying, get everybody out. So Except Alonso. Except Alonso. I know. But he might have a little bit of that feeling where he's like, I hate you all. Ugh. Could have a little bit of that. Gross. So just don't be, don't be over the moon shocked if it happens. Do I'm I think gonna it's going to happen? No. I'm going to be. I'm going to like piss my pants level shocked. We're going to talk. Cohen's, for- Cohen's a numbers guy. <sighs> he might see something and just yeah, be he's like, also a fucking Mets fan. Over. make he's a nice, also, point. A he's also a Mets fan. He's a Mets fan. Those guys are crazy. I, they're all my best friends. Mets fans. They're nuts. And I love ask, them. Ask Cohen if he would trade me alone. So. Probably would right no, now. He, he probably would. No, he wouldn't. Um, all right, we are going to wrap with the first base market, but first, quick word about our friends at Alt New Deal here. The baseball card market heating up at the second half of the season. Only place to search for cards is alt.xyz, alt.xyz. Alt is the only platform that allows you to search all the major marketplaces and eBay at one time. Just download the free Alt app. Type a player or card into the search bar and Alt will return every graded card available for sale. Even better, you can save your search. You can be notified every time that card is available. You'll never use another app for researching and buying baseball cards ever again. Alt, pretty much one-stop shopping for cards, just like we strive to be one-stop shopping for baseball coverage. Perfect. Go check out Alt. Just do it. It's in the episode description. Let's end with Carlos Santana going to Milwaukee, the least sexy deal that we've talked about, except Nikki Lopez for Taylor Horn or Taylor Hearn. And I already got worked up about that. Um, Carlos Santana goes from Pittsburgh to Milwaukee for Johnny Severino, who had a solid DSL showing is at the complex and has been performing well. He's a complex guy. He signed for over a million dollars with the Brewers last year in international free agency, big ticket IFA guy that performed well in the DSL and at the complex Nothing else to say on Johnny Severino. Telez is out. Um, they found their Rowdy Telez replacement. And Carlos Santana, while he isn't the Carlos Santana that he was when he was 29, 30 years old, he's still a really good leader in a clubhouse. Yeah, he had a good series against the Braves. Homered off uh, A.J. Smith Shaver. He He's hitting third in the Brewers lineup. Andrew Monasterio was hitting fifth. Yeah. This is the... Leader of the National League Central. I mean, can we be better? Can we be better? Can we be better? No. I mean, the Brewers, they still have a good team, but they were making fun of the less than ideal sex appeal of Carlos Santana's name. But at the same time, this is, at least for the Brewers' sake, a relative big get for them. He's going to hit. He's going to get on base. He's going to lengthen their lineup. I mean, the only guy, Willie Adamas has been so bad. It's just Yelich I'm afraid of. And when Carlos Santana walks to the plate, it's at least like, oh, okay. We don't worry about Contreras. Yeah, he's been good. He's had a lot of singles. Yeah, I fuck with singles. Yeah, I mean, singles, they get on base, I guess. You like Luis Arise? I like Luis Arise. I love Luis Arise, but William Contreras isn't hitting 370. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, so... That's what we got. That's a baseball show. We're going to be, obviously, like whenever these trades go down, we're going to be talking about them. Chances are Arm and I have more trades to talk about tomorrow. And then all three of us. Here's the deal for Wednesday before we say goodbye. Wednesday, we're going to do a deadline live show on Tuesday afternoon. Go to our YouTube and watch it there. It'll also be on Twitter. um, And I think Twitch, too. We're going to do Twitch as well. It's just live streaming on all of our platforms. All platforms. So we're going to do a deadline live show from five to six with the deadline at six um, on Tuesday evening. 
Wednesday's show is going to be the audio form of that live show. But a reminder, you will have an additional episode this week with our conversation with Walker Bueller talking about what the Dodgers have done so far at the trade deadline. So that's what we got going on. That's what we got going on. And if you want to support the Just Baseball Show, make sure to leave a five-star review, whether that be on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Remember all the links to our new sponsors, whether that be Homage, code JustBaseball20 at checkout for 20% off all their great clothing. And of course, go for all of our card collectors. Go check out Alt. That is in the episode description as well. And then, of course, we are brought to you by BetMGM, promo code JustBaseball for all those great bonus bets. And if you want to get yourself some Just Baseball merch, we still got it in the store. Getting a lot of good feedback. A lot of people tagging us in photos on social media when they're at a game. They're rocking the rope hat. They're rocking a polo. They're rocking a t-shirt. Really appreciate that. Again, for all the support there, you can find the merch link in the episode description. That's Jack. I'm Peter. With that, thank you. Everybody.